Welcome to Talking Tax, a Bloomberg Tax Podcast. In this series, we're talking all about tax reform, the proposed changes that you should be aware of, the implications for both practitioners and taxpayers, and how we expect the process to play out going forward. I'm your host, Allison Versprill, a reporter at Bloomberg Tax. Today, we're joined by former House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Dave Camp, who is now a senior policy advisor at PricewaterhouseCoopers. Thanks for joining us. So Chairman Camp, in this podcast, I really just wanted to pick your brain, given your expertise and experience on the Hill, um, kind of about how this process is going to play out. Um, So that's really the first question I had for you. I mean, how do you see this tax reform legislative process playing out going forward now that we both have proposals from both the House and the Senate? Well, tax reform is certainly marching forward in a very expedited process. Uh, They're really trying to move this uh, in a in a very uh, you know expedited way. Uh, so far, it looks as though the House will be slated to vote this week on tax reform. Uh, the Senate is in their committee markup resuming today. Uh, there are more than 350 amendments in the Senate, and they will be plowing through those. And I think the sense is that the Senate will move through committee this week and then uh, move through the House through the Senate floor uh beginning the week after Thanksgiving. Both the House and Senate will be in recess for Thanksgiving. The reason this schedule is moved up so quickly is because of the special election in Alabama. I think the potential there is that whichever candidate were to win that race, despite all the controversy, uh, may not be a vote for tax reform. And I think the challenge in the Senate is just how close the margin is. And we saw this play out in health care, the health care debate, uh, where you can only lose two votes on the Republican side. And because this process is going forward as a Republican uh, process only, uh, you really can't count on any votes from the um, minority party in either the House or the Senate. In the Senate, that becomes a, a big challenge. However, I do think if they can get to a majority, then you might see a Democrat or two in the Senate support the bill, but they're not going to deliver the majority. Uh, they might uh, jump on if it are if it's pretty clear that it's going to pass. Well, and you know, as you were saying, uh, in this um, situation, timing is crucial here. And so I'm wondering, you know, what are some of the sticking points you expect between the House and Senate as they work to sort of come to an agreement on this legislation? The House and Senate actually have similar structures in a number of ways in their bills. And um, as I often say, they're singing off the same song sheet, but they have different lyrics. And one of the areas where they're quite a bit different is in the pass-through space. Uh, Those small businesses, and some of the pass-throughs are large, that uh, report their income on an individual basis. And the Senator Hatch just released some changes last night, rather late, uh, where he's actually making it easier for uh, people to uh, who, who are in uh, pass-through uh, businesses to take advantage of the lower uh, pass, special pass-through rate that they have in the Senate bill. I think that area is, is a challenge for uh, both the House and Senate to reconcile the approaches they have there. The other area that I think there's a pretty significant difference is, um, well, the structure of the international reform is the same. They both have very different approaches to what we call base erosion, which is, um, if we move to this modernized international tax system, uh, how do we protect from companies shifting uh, profits overseas? And that, I think, is 
they have, it's a very complex area of, the, of, the ta- of tax law, and they have different approaches, and they're, they're going to have to resolve those uh, at the end of the day. The other issue that is more significant in the Senate and the House is uh, obviously having legislation that meets this uh, requirement for reconciliation. As we know, because this is uh, a, you, they're using a tool that's typically used for budget processes, uh, this legislation cannot uh, legislate. Uh, it has to have a budget impact, whatever provision you have, and cannot increase the deficit outside the 10-year window. Uh, it, it, I know that the, the new mark that Senator Hatch introduced last night is an attempt to address that. That's why they're looking at the individual mandate. Um, and in the Senate, they're not looking at repealing the individual mandate. And it's actually uh, making certain that there is no tax for failing to sign up uh, for health insurance. That raises you know, well over $300 billion in revenue, and so I think that's very appealing to the Senate. And then lastly, I would say the issue that's gotten the most attention but I think can be resolved is what to do on the state and local tax deduction. That's one of the issues a lot of members are concerned about on a regional basis from both parties, and the Senate completely repeals the ability to deduct state and local taxes. The House has a provision that uh, allows the deduction of property taxes up to $10,000. So they're going to have to figure out a way to resolve that. And I, I think a total repeal would have difficulty uh, passing the House at this point. So that's one of the more visible areas that uh, has gained, gained a lot of press attention that they're going to have to resolve. Well, in talking about the state and local tax deduction, I mean, that's a really controversial area for certain industry groups as well. And, you know, what type of sway do you think those types of groups will have when it comes to finalizing any sort of tax reform legislation? Well, I, I think that what I, I a lot of members and when I was uh, chairman of Ways and Means, a lot of members are very concerned about the individual provisions and how they affect their constituents because obviously that's very important, and uh, the business issues are important as well. Uh, but they often don't get the press attention or the visibility that something like the state and local tax deduction gets gets. It it is significant if you're from a high tax area, and uh, but I do think what's going to be important is how does that provision look in, in context of the entire bill? For example, if the individual alternative minimum tax is also repealed, that certainly helps in those high-tax states significantly. And the actual effect, once we get to sort of a final product, um, can be calculated, and, and you can really sort of make the, the calculation of whether uh, you know, increasing the standard deduction, repealing individual AMT, if that is enough that it can offset uh, some of the concerns with the state and local tax deduction. That's one that doesn't break down on party lines as much as it breaks down on uh, regional lines. You know, as we're, we're debating and trying to come agree- into agreement on both the Senate and House proposal, um, do you anticipate that these bills will end up going to conference? I, I think at this point there will be a conference. I mean, there's several ways to sort of resolve the differences between the House and Senate, and as we know that the exact same bill has to pass both bodies before it goes to the president for signature or veto. And sometimes uh, you can expedite that by having the House and Senate work together on changes in the Senate bill. So whatever passes the Senate the first time simply just comes to the House and is ratified. I, I don't think we're in that sort of process again. So I think we may be seeing a second vote 
um, on a compromised product later. So I, I think at this stage, I would say there will be a conference. Now, it'll have to be a fairly expedited conference. And you can see that they've really attempted to um, work together in some ways uh, to not put the other body at a disadvantage. For example, in the healthcare debate, you had you know senators very critical of the House version on the healthcare repeal and replace bill. You haven't seen that in the tax reform debate. So there's a lot more coordination there. Um, and um, I, I think that's really going to be important going forward. And I think those are good points. And you know it seems it seems like we keep coming back to the this timing issue. And so I'll ask, I think, the question that's on everybody's mind, um, which is, you know, what are the chances, in, in your opinion, of tax reform happening by the end of the year? And, you know, what are some of the key things that need to occur in order um, for Congress to meet that deadline? Well, I keep uh, increasing my uh, uh, percentage that the tax reform bill will occur this year because, obviously, uh, getting a budget framework was critical for the advancement of tax reform. And that actually moved, you know, sort of more quickly than we thought it would. The House has really kept to the schedule, the time frame, and it looks as if they will vote uh, the legislation out of the House of Representatives this week. And uh, the Senate is is moving forward. I, I think this mid-December deadline that is that is facing the Senate because of the special election in Alabama is really the deadline they have to try to meet. So that means they're they're going to be doing this in a in a, in a pretty uh, they're going to, have to stick everything's going to have to work perfectly and they're going to have to stick to a schedule they're going to have to be able to have a kind of bill that will get the support in the Senate and as we know as I mentioned earlier a handful of senators can can make a, a significant difference there but um, I, I think once the uh, special in Alabama takes place and the new senator is seated I think it gets much harder. For them to get consensus around tax legislation, so I think they're working very hard to try to get it done by mid-December. Well, and I think those are. I'm going to end it there because I think those are some good forward-looking um, thoughts to consider, and we'll have to see how this evolves and how this ends up playing out, and whether, um, as we get closer to that deadline, it seems more likely that we'll be able to actually meet it. Um, but I did want to thank you again for joining us. Um, it's been a really insightful conversation. Well, thank you. Join us next time as we continue to talk with tax professionals about the implications of what could be the biggest change to our tax code since 1986. Again, I'm your host, Allison Versbrill. This has been Talking Tax.